This is the HBC Fighter Verse Podcast. Our mission as a church is to know Jesus Christ and to make him known. Our ultimate goal is to be disciples of Jesus, so learning more of him and seeing him in Scripture helps us follow closer each and every day. Thanks for pressing play and listening in. I'm Keith Meyer, and I'll be serving as Scripture interpreter and applier today. Our fighter verse for this week is from Philippians chapter 2, verses 10 and 11. I'm going to read the fighter verse and then walk through a series of applications using a question and answer format. If you want to turn in your physical Bible to Philippians chapter 2, 10 through 11, or navigate there on your phone, take a look at it. It's also in the show notes. Um, don't attempt this while you're driving or, you know, juggling knives or something like that. Um, but you know, maybe pause and come back and listen later if you're doing something like that. But if you're washing the dishes, Hey, don't worry about it. I'm going to read it and then we'll talk through it. The fighter verse says, um, Philippians two, 10 and 11, it says, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So if you remember the context of this verse, uh, what, what Paul has done is he's said to the Philippians, he's appealing to them uh, if, if they've received any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, he's asking them to complete his joy by having the same mind, the same love, and being in full accord with one another. So he asks them uh, not to do anything from, from motives of serving the self only, but instead to count others more significant than themselves. Right. And then and we, we may begin to say, oh, gosh, you know, I need to not think about myself. I need to think about others. He then says, let each of you look not only to his own interests. Right. You're allowed to have your own interests. You don't need to give up uh, your 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 breakfast for someone every single day. You know, sooner or later, you're going to have to eat breakfast. Right. Um, so don't just look to your own interests, but also look to the interests of others. Uh, Then he says that we ought to have this mind in ourselves, which is ours in Christ Jesus, right? Jesus existed in the form of God, and though he existed in that form, he didn't count equality with God a thing to be grasped. He emptied himself by taking on the form of a servant. He became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. And so God highly exalted him and gave him a name that's above every name. That's our context, right? Um, The reason why we ought to be humble, the reason why we ought to be of the same mind and count others more significant than ourselves is that this is the example that Jesus gave us. So uh, he became obedient. He humbled himself. He died on the cross. This is what we call the humiliation of Christ. And then following that, if you chart like a parabola curve, you know, like the letter V, where he begins in heaven and then he descends and he goes uh, in, into the into the grave after going to the cross, then follows the exaltation, which is the the uh, the other side, you know, the other uh, stem of the V, right? As he as he is raised and uh, returns, and then he is glorified as he ascends into heaven, and he's seated at the right th- hand of God. So this is where we find ourselves in in verse ten, where he's given the name that's above every name. Uh, we, we, we see here that the goal of Jesus' humiliation is his exaltation, that, that he would be raised up 
and seated at the right hand of God. And it's the same for us. We're asked to embrace humility, uh, not so that we would ultimately be humiliated for all time, but that um, with humiliation comes transformation, endurance, uh, steadfastness, our characters change, we learn to depend on God, and then uh, when we humble ourselves in the sight of the Lord and He lifts us up, when we're, when we're transformed and changed, we're going to receive that blessedness or that transformation in the spirit that we should. We're going to receive it and we're going to, uh, to, to live it out with truly transformed character. Um, so, uh, I want to point out two things about the, the passage. There's a, a grammatical thing happening here um, where the writer substitutes parts for the whole, okay? So you're going to notice that it says every knee should bow. We're not talking about disembodied, de- detached knees here that are bowing, right? We're talking about beings that have knees bowing, all of them, every knee. So this is every person who has uh, a knee. And this is interesting because it's in the singular. Generally, people have two knees. This doesn't exclude people who just have one. Uh, but the idea is is you've got this singular part that's highlighted because the act of kneeling is one of, of uh, kneeling before someone who is greater, right? Giving worship and honor. And that's the point. Um, every knee is going to bow. The second part that's substituted for the whole is the tongue, right? Can't do anything with the tongue if it's not connected to the the uh, the floor of the mouth. You know, can't do much without lips and teeth, right? And and so the part there is the whole, and you can't express praise without a mind. But the point here is uh, that that every being who is able to confess and able to praise is going to do it. Uh, it's an interesting thing. Once you once you notice part for whole substitution, uh, you'll notice that not only do we do this a lot in English, but it shows up quite a bit in the Bible. Uh, so let's think about some applications here. Uh, normally, if there's a theological difficulty, I bring it up at this time. If there's something that we may question or puzzle over, you know, something that that causes us to to stress, and I don't I don't see that here. So um, I wanna I wanna highlight the fact that I may say many times that there's no direct application here. That's fine. Um, you can't force every single verse to have an application. You can't force every single passage of scripture, every word of scripture to fit into every or any application grid that you may construct. And so we may say that there's nothing direct. What do you do when you don't find a direct application? Well, you can uh, use cross-references. A lot of times when I uh, prep sermons or or study, I'm not necessarily using a paper Bible. A lot of times I use the Bible Gateway website and you can uh, scroll up um, on that site and under the, uh, the, the place where it says, uh, where there's a little like gear icon there and you can click on that and there's uh, cross references, footnotes, verse numbers, headings, those kinds of things. And they actually help quite a bit in, uh, in, in developing applications or making theological connections. So uh, if you don't find a direct application, what you can do is you can uh, go find a cross reference because maybe there's another place in scripture where there's um, some, uh, you know, some some uh, concepts or ideas that connect with this. So we're in verse uh, ten 
here, right? It just so happens that in 10 and 11, there are no cross references on Bible Gateway for the ESV. I didn't know that was going to happen, uh, but I'll, I'll make some cross references here myself as we go through the application. Um, so let's, let's go through our grid here. Is there a sin to confess? Um, I don't think there's anything direct. There's nothing explicitly that says, do not do this, right? But, but we can see here that knees are made for bowing and tongues are made for confessing that Jesus is Lord. And so uh, maybe a secondary application of this passage would be to say, um, you know, that in the book of Galatians, Paul says it's for freedom that Jesus set us free. And so don't be subjected again to a yoke of slavery, right? Let's not take that freedom as an opportunity, as Paul says next, uh, to serve the flesh, but instead uh, to serve one another in love. And so the knee is for bowing and the tongue is for confessing. And we've been given freedom to serve the Lord, not to serve ourselves. And so the, the sin would be to think that we're we're free and then free, therefore, from any and all obligations. Um, and, and so that, that we don't have to obey the Lord. That would be, be foolish. One day, uh, we're all going to worship. It's interesting because it, at, the, at the very end here, there's this repetition or explanation, right? Every tongue is going to confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Uh, that confession of Jesus is Lord leads us to look towards God the Father and to thank him for his provision and his plan in, in, in what he's given to us. Uh, and so what is the purpose of knees and tongues? Knees bow, tongues confess, and the confession and the bowing glorifies God the Father and Jesus as Lord. Um, second, uh, is there a promise? Nothing direct, but I would say this. This is a prediction here that this is going to happen. It's stated as a fact. You can believe it's going to occur early in the scriptures. In Genesis chapter 1, God promises, or he, he creates man, and he says, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth, right? Fill the earth with what? His image. Um, he'll say later in, the book of, later in the book of Numbers, as surely as I live, all the earth will be filled with the glory of the Lord. Um, so that's a, that's a promise. Uh, what about an attitude that we could change? Uh, I think that we can see, again, not directly, but we can see a challenge to our attitude. Um, my tongue is for confessing, not self-exaltation, right? Um, my tongue is for glorifying God. Uh, my tongue should be used in accordance with scriptures like Ephesians 4.29, which says that no unwholesome word should pro uh, should proceed from my mouth, but only such which is uh Gonna, gonna build up or to give grace, you know. Um, that's the idea, is that is that we've been given a tongue for a specific purpose, not just for complete free in, independence. And so I ought to change my attitude towards my words. Uh, is there a command here? Nothing direct again. Uh, but understand that uh, one day we're gonna kneel. One day we're gonna confess. Do we want to be forced to do that? Um, like enemies paraded before a, a Roman emperor, or do we want to confess and kneel freely of our own will, will and be citizens of his kingdom? 
uh, is there an example to follow? Well, we can follow now the example of the knees that bow and the tongues that confess. What about a prayer to pray? Um, I think that we can pray that Jesus would be lifted higher in our lives, that, that we would continue to exalt him in, in every way and challenge any idol or thought that raises itself against him, um, and that we would, uh, would confess him more. Uh, Lord, help you to be on my tongue and on my mind and, and, and to be glorified in my life and push everything else down lower. An error to avoid. Uh, I could not find one. I'd be interested in hearing any feedback if you do. Uh, how about a truth? Uh, I believe this is a truth. This will happen. Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. I was looking at um, Revelation chapter 5 where we see that wonderful image of uh, the scroll opened and the elders worshiping and uh, the living creatures in heaven. And in verse 11, it says, Then I looked and I heard around the throne and the living creatures and the elders, the voice of many angels, numbering myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. Right? There's, there, this is an image uh, consistent with the idea that he's got a name that's above every name. Verse 13 goes uh, further and it says, and I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth, right? Do you recall in verse 10, it says every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. There's a, there's a connection here. Um, and so it says, um, I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that's in them saying, to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. There you go. There's your confession from uh, verse 11. And then it says, and the four living creatures said, amen. And the elders fell down and worship. Uh, is that every knee bowing? Uh, it's going to happen one day. Uh, something to praise God for. I would say this, uh, William Ames, uh, one of my favorite theologians, says that uh, the biblical idea of hope is the assurance that everything will turn out the way that we have been promised. Everything will be as it has been foretold. And so we can praise God that we see here in the book of Revelation, we see here in the book of Philippians, that things are going to work out the way that we've been told. Well, there we go. Uh, those are some applications and implications of uh, Philippians 2, uh, chapter 2, verses 10 through 11. Uh, feel free to leave a comment on Facebook or Twitter or shoot me an email. I would love to interact some more. And uh, I have not released a uh, Friday episode as of this recording. I'll be back with any feedback and any additional things that I come up with in the meantime. Uh, you can find more about the concept of fighter verses, including an app and the annual schedule at fighterverses.com, a website that has been a blessing to me over the years. Uh, and you can find the schedule for our fighter verses in the show notes as well. Thanks so much for listening to the Harvest Baptist Church Fighterverse podcast. Feel free to leave a comment or feedback on Facebook or Twitter, and feel free to share and subscribe. You can learn more about HPC at www.harvestbc.com. Join our worship live stream Sundays at 10.30 a.m. or maybe come and visit us. Thanks so much. 
Have a great day and God bless.